1: Hello and welcome to the first of three Christmas Wiki Shuffle specials. Ding dong, merrily on high. That was Phil. Here's Chris. Hello. I was going to ask for a
2: Christmas phrase or fun. Oh, turkey. (laughs) A
1: Christmas, not geopolitical. Okay,
2: oh yeah, oh wow.
1: (laughs) And I'm Jack, bar humbug. So Mm -hmm. this is the first of three specials, as I've said. Phil is going to explain just exactly how this is going to work. Hello,
0: everybody. We wanted to take a little bit of time off over Christmas, so we are pre-recording some special episodes for you that we will be releasing as if they were normal episodes. We could pretend otherwise, um, but we're not. We're honest in our approach to podcasting. It's the Hootenanny. It's the Hootenanny, yeah. Well, no, it's
1: not like the Hootenanny, because we are honest about it. Uh, Yeah. and We're pre-recording these in February. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to be embarrassing for
0: everybody involved. Well, it might be a bit, but not as embarrassing as the Hootenanny. Nothing could be... Never the hooter nanny. So what we're doing for these special episodes is me and my podcasting chums, which is how we like to refer to each other for reasons that I'm. I don't do that. No, never, of no, us do that. That's just you me. do that. You call us podcasting chums all the no, time. I don't. I call you pod pals. Pod pals. Mm. Uh, right. Okay. That's what the hip kids say. Yeah. I'm never going to be in that club. <laughs> <laughs> never going to be in that club. So what we've done is we're giving each other gifts. So each of us are going to take it in turns. Mm-hmm. We've chosen, uh, so we've, we're abandoning the random article button and we've chosen gifts articles that we think that the other members of the team will appreciate
2: and that we'll enjoy talking about as a, a special. Why do you look so frightened? I'm just, I've, because I did... You haven't got presents, have you?
1: I set out to get presents. You've I been set out to pick, No, I set out to pick something that we would all enjoy and that you would enjoy and Phil would enjoy. Um, i would I'd had some ideas because I, I'd, mm. you know, I'd, I know a lot of things that you were both into and there were some things that seemed like a good idea, but the articles weren't that exciting, so I've kind okay. of just went for something different. Ominous. So we'll have two of each in each episode. Two gifts in each episode, mm-hmm. so we've got a little pot to, to pick the
0: names out of as to what order we're going to go into. Are we Are doing that live? That'll be some excitement, won't it? Ooh. Just, I guess,
1: yeah. Sly pick. Chris is going to pick. Okay. Let's pick the two for this episode. Pick both of them. Yeah, actually, okay. just so we know, just so we don't right. Yeah.
0: All right, so first up, oh, this is palpable. It's me to you. Uh, f- as, as podcasting explanations go.
1: <laughs> Chris to Jack. Chris to Jack. Yeah. Good. Okay, that's, that's a good way to start, hopefully. <laughs> right, do you want me to do the other uh, one? Yeah, what's the second one?
2: This is, oh, this is Phil to Jack.
0: Yay. Oh, Jack gets two Jack's presents
1: Bethel. early on. I'm fine with this. I'm not doing the other episodes, though. <laughs> yeah, let's <that's it>. say <laughs> Christmas holidays <laughs> after this. <laughs> okay, let's get started then with Chris's gift to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so just to be just to be clear, mm-hmm. no, none of us know what everyone's chosen yet, so we'll That's be looking right. at these articles for the first time. So before I open this up, Chris, your gift to Jack, mm-hmm. can you
2: explain a little bit about why you chose this without giving the game away about what you've chosen? Okay. I chose this because it's something I don't understand, mm-hmm. really, at all, okay. and I thought maybe you could help explain it to me, as well as learn about what sounds like a really traumatic incident for all parties.
1: Excellent. I think I might have an idea what this is. <laughs> I haven't clicked it yet. Uh, okay okay is this uh, owen hart
2: that was one of my picks but it's not okay Okay. traumatic it's not that because i've decided not to do tragedy at (laughs) christmas (laughs) time
1: you don't know what i picked yet Only, both of yours only have some element of um, tragedy in them.
2: So, Chris, what's the article that you've picked? I have picked the 1998 Helen and professional wrestling match between the Undertaker, Undertaker, Under the Undertaker <laughs> and <Mankind. laughs> See how little I know. <laughs> the Undertaker Under is the best wrestling gimmick ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Berry, back from Ooh. the dead.
1: Oh, dead. I know she's not dead. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I, I did make it sound like I thought she was dead. Sorry. Mary. By the time it goes out, there's the problem with pre-recording. Yeah. It's every Shit, possibility that Barry's dead Barry's by the time we record this. No, I'll be be, gutted. Yeah. Can you imagine? Just Paul. I'm not watching that. I don't no think way. I could watch that.
0: I don't know who Paul is. He's a nasty Paul man. Holtless.
1: You can see it in his <laughs> eyes. I call it a cheeky glint. Oh, no. I think he's worse than cheeky. Anyway, <laughs> <Okay>. Phil, <laughs> this is good. Thank you. This Do you know is what a, this is? A, this is a, of course I know, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah, the
0: 1998 Hell in a Cell match. So
1: you are intimately familiar with the 1998 Hell in a Cell match. I must have seen this match 20 times. That's 20. pathetic. But, it's, not, it's a but, good match. Kids, I, I'm glad that's go- I'm, good. Glad if I know but- it's, you know what, it's not even a match. It lasts about two minutes. It's, it's not a good, objectively, No, it sounds really awful. It's, okay. it's traumatic.
0: So, 1998, you would have been how old? 10. Give me some context here. And so, did you
1: see this at the time it aired? No. No. No, actually, I I only caught on to professional wrestling a little bit after I was 10, would you believe? (laughs) Um, So, I didn't actually see this live, and um, this was something that I had on home video on VHS back in the day.
0: The 1998 Hell in a Cell match was a professional wrestling match between the Undertaker. Uh, I'm going to call him that all the way through. I hope you're okay with that. I hope that's it's fine. Between spices these... are up for
2: non-wrestling fans. <laughs> the Undertaker and Mankind. See, when I read that the first time, that's quite a big statement. The Undertaker versus Mankind. It turns <laughs> it's out a handicap I was match. completely wrong about Mankind. Why? What were you picturing? I was just. I was, I was picturing some sort of animal, or. <laughs> I don't know. He sounds like a wolf. He
1: was kind, yeah, he kind of yeah, he was, was kind a, of feral, he was ad- wasn't yeah, he, mankind? Feral, a, Yeah, that's perfect yeah. explanation,
2: yeah.
0: Hmm. Uh, I want to make it clear that there's only one wrestling fan around this podcast yeah. at the moment, and it's not me. Or me.
1: But... It's the handsome one. <laughs>
0: 1998 professional wrestling match between The Undertaker and Mankind of the World Wrestling Federation inside Hell in a Cell. The match took place at the King of the Ring pay-per-view on June 28th, 1998 at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
1: We've done one of these Jack Explains Wrestling episodes no. already. Yeah, the um, longest, boringest episode yeah. by a country mile. Yeah, the only all one the people have actively said they hated. <laughs> so, so thanks, Chris, for choosing. Right. Um, how much of that sentence did you understand? I mean, Hell in a Cell, to begin with.
2: Do you know what that is? I'm guess- I think I know. I, I, is it... Like a wrestling ring, but it's inside a cage, and they get lowered into uh, it.
1: So that's a cage uh,
0: match. I'm familiar with a cage match. Is it yeah, like a cage, is. A is cage, cage match? Cage match is
1: is a steel cage built directly onto the ring. So around the four corners of the or the, well, the four sides of the ring, you've okay. got a steel cage. You know, six well, probably twelve feet tall. A Hell in a Cell. You have the ring as normal, but then maybe six feet out of the cell, the, out of the ring, you have a huge metal cell. <laughs> but this time, it has a roof. So you've got the ring, you've got a bit of space around the ring, but then you've got a huge, basically a steel steel cage with a, with a roof. That doesn't explain it very well, but so well, just do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. yeah, It's a big cage with a roof, yeah, Okay. around the ring. So is the, the wrestlers go in, the referee padlocks the door. Why is he padlocked the door? Because you're not supposed to get out, even though... Every time they get out, it's supposed to be this <laughs> huge, indestructible cell, and they always get out, and always end up going up to the top Resident of the cell. Uh, it's so, And you, so you have so many rules in wrestling. The first six get get months of
0: to. the match where they're tunneling out,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and getting rid of the dirt through their pockets yeah. while the guards aren't looking. Awful. Yeah, and um, the King of the Ring, pay for you. That's just an event. You, you don't really need to know what so that is. So is
2: this like for you a much bigger event than like vanilla wrestling? Well,
1: nice. <laughs> yeah, these these sort of matches were really exciting because, especially this time, any old shit could happen in wrestling. There was always blood. There was always blood. Really extreme stuff. Oh. Yeah, it was like brutal at this stage. Okay, weapons and weapons. Yeah, you know, steel chairs, barbed wire, thumbtacks, pistols. Um, yeah, some pistols.
2: <laughs> Foul language. <laughs> Well, there was a lot Actually, of yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so these sort of matches where there would be a, an extreme element always got you hyped up as a kid because barely the pos- there was a possibility of someone dying, which was, you know, that's always exciting. Hmm. <laughs> How was that sort of 10 year old.
2: You did enjoy the Titanic for a similar yeah.
0: reason. <laughs> I'm a little bit burpy. Hmm. I've just had Nockey. I've just had some crisp festive Nockey. <laughs> Tragic. There's no such
1: thing as festive knocky
0: It was festive knocking. You did a good job of explaining it to us because we're not we don't know what that is. Little stodgy balls of potato, that's yeah. all there is to it.
1: Just call it that. That's
0: what that's what it's Ital Naki- is Italian for little stodgy balls of carbohydrate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. Have I, have I deviated? <laughs> I
0: think we have deviated. I may have deviated. Events leading up to the match: upon debuting with the WWF in 1996, Mankind immediately began feuding with the Undertaker. So he took, he didn't get on with him from the, from the offset. Right. Yeah, they
1: they weren't pals. No, no pod pals here. Oh,
0: uh, yeah debuting the night after wrestlemania 12 when mankind interfered in the undertaker's match with justin Hawke bradshaw what do you
1: mean interfered <laughs> he did a run in he, he ran in and <laughs> tried oh, to cross the undertaker a match uh, yeah uh, it's strange how many little aspects of wrestling terminology sound completely weird when they're being mm. spoken about there's by a little glint there where you know
2: this is This is silly. No.
1: (laughs) This is serious shit. You can't interfere in The Undertaker's match at WrestleMania. No way. That's one of the things you do not do. You don't mess with The Undertaker. Okay.
0: For the next few months, mankind ambushed and cost The Undertaker several matches. The feud intensified and they began taking their battles into crowds, backstage areas, and into the boiler rooms of different arenas.
1: (laughs) Always with boiler rooms.
0: Mankind cost the Undertaker the WWF Intercontinental Championship at In Your House 8, Beware of Dog. What is
2: that? <laughs> that sounds like a, a different sort of thing.
0: In Your House 8, Beware of Dog. Can you explain what dog is in this context? I feel like it's um, got a double meaning that I'm not understanding. Well,
1: in Your House was um, pay-per-view events, that you like the boxing now, you'd be able to pay 15 quid and get oh. a wrestling event live in your house in your house yeah and this is the beware one. of dog i'm guessing it's
2: just
1: you know like beware of the dog well then why isn't it beware of the dog that would make more sense
0: that
2: would make more sense maybe it's a typing error by her or maybe it's one up. of these people because yeah you know wrestling um, <laughs> dog was a wrestler <laughs> so he, he was he, champion at this time dog mm. i don't even know what's true anymore
0: No. That's no more no less feasible <laughs> than what really happened, which was that mankind cost the Undertaker the WWF Inter- Intercontinental Championship, assisting the champion Gold Dust to victory. It's a good name, we'll give him that. I think I remember Gold Dust wasn't his thing that he was all gold.
1: He was all gold. Um <laughs> He had a very Hollywood-style oh. entrance, and he used to kick people in the nuts as a finishing
0: move. Sort of sequiny body paint. Yeah, yeah, no, that was him. Uh, I'm quite, He's a good one. I'm quite the polymath, aren't I, yeah, really? Yeah.
1: Mm. So you have watched some wrestling in the past. No, I'm aware of cultural
0: yeah. phenomena. Have you like, seen I, know, I know who Mary Berry is, but I've never seen an episode of The Great British
1: Bake mm. Off. You are the exact target audience. I know.
0: Wow. So people tell me
1: repeatedly, but there's no way I want to watch that. No, there is. No. Phil, you've got a beard and a tweed jacket and you were just eating gnocchi. (laughs) (laughs) You are exactly the type of person who would enjoy the Great British uh, Bake Off. Great Mm British Bake Off. Nah.
0: As a result of this meddling, Mm. the first ever boiler room brawl was booked between the two at SummerSlam. During the match, when Undertaker <laughs> reached for Paul Bearer's urn, what? you see, I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know
1: who Paul Bearer is as well. I oh, don't you? know more about wrestling than I thought uh, I, I did. It's don't. a very clever pun, isn't it? I
2: thought that—is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Poor Paul, Paul Bearer. His urn. Is he's, is yeah,
1: he's carrying an urn around with him. Yeah. Does it have? Is anyone in it? Did it what Does it have anyone in it? In yeah, he had some ashes. I Can't remember whose ashes. His wife's, maybe.
2: Mm-hmm. His reputation as an adult. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, the Undertaker's reached for Paul Bearer's urn. Bearer's hit him with it, betraying the Undertaker and allowing mankind to incapacitate, in inverted commas, the Undertaker with the mandible claw. I'm guessing that's a signature move of some kind, is. You giving your, him the win.
1: Take your two middle fingers and put them inside someone's mouth and press down underneath their tongue really hard. Uh. Yeah, it's not pleasant. He used to do it with an, an old dirty sock. After this stage That's of his career, he had he had Mr. Socko, which he would pull out of his pants, um, <laughs> put it on his hand, and then put it into someone's mouth. So it's biting, not a, a, an acceptable response to that. Surely the
0: knee jerk uh, yes, reaction but this is bite. Yes, but this is wrestling, and it, uh, it
1: follows a different set of rules to the rest of the universe. Okay. For example, why all the, always with the boiler rooms? Why are you always fighting in a boiler room?
2: Why do you have to book it?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no yes. reason. <laughs> There's a little schedule up on the <laughs> boiler room as to who's got, like, an office meeting room
0: chart. <laughs> after Bearer's betrayal, The Undertaker took his rivalry, rivalry with mankind to a new level, resulting in a Buried Alive match in the yes. main event of In Your House, Buried Alive. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. The Undertaker won the match after a choke slam I mean, into the open grave, but after interference from the executioner... I don't know who the executioner is. As well as the help of several other superstars, The Undertaker was ultimately buried alive.
2: Mm. What I have noticed with these wrestlers, they're always meddling in other people's they're affairs. Meddlers, aren't they? Just getting involved. Having yeah. a look, someone's having a fight in the boiler room. But that's part the of their execution job. The executioner has to come in because he's annoyed. That's part of your job. <laughs> if you
1: Look, you've been hired by the WWE. You're going to travel to six different cities every week. Mm. You're going to meet up with a load of people that you hate. And you're going to fight them. It's totally normal. Okay. It makes perfect sense. Don't question it.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's how you must get past it. You just don't question it.
1: Mm. Yeah, like, like superhero films. You buy into it. Yeah, that's true.
2: And then if you go with it, you'll enjoy it. If you don't,
1: you're not going to enjoy Let it. But these
2: sound like rubbish superheroes. I know that might be a step too uh, far.
1: They are amazing superheroes. And they're much better than shitty Marvel characters. And I will fight you.
2: Well, let's let's organise something in the boiler room.
1: (laughs) I'm taking my socks off now.
0: (laughs) Prelude to the match. On June 1st, 1998 edition of WF Raw is War, Foley would revert to his mankind character who began wearing an untucked shirt with a loose necktie and restarted the feud with The Undertaker.
1: Necessary detail there. (laughs) Right. The two necktie. Remember that.
0: The two would then be booked for a match inside Hell in a Cell at the King of the Ring, only the second official of such match. So Hell in a Cell's not been tested at this mm. point. Well, it's been tested once, but oh, there was one, could but it was happen. yeah,
1: it was nowhere near as as brutal as this one.
0: Anything could still happen. Before the match, Foley and Terry Funk.
2: You know what? <laughs> I have to stop myself because it's just not sensible. That's and I the forget first if... one that I just glossed like, over. I was like, oh, yeah, Terry.
0: If I don't pause, I think the listeners are going to think that I'm OK with this and I'm not questioning it internally. So I need to take a little just breather mm, okay. just to let the name Terry Funk just settle. <laughs> if your surname was Funk, <laughs> would my first the name be Terry? given name you would have would yeah. be Terry. You know, Mr. They <laughs> do not go. Mr and Mrs Funk sitting around after the birth. We should have chosen a name by now. <laughs> Uh, So before this match, Foley and Terry Funk were discussing the previous year's Hell in a Cell at Bad Blood in Your House. (laughs) In
2: Your House is obviously a popular series.
0: Mm. That featured The Undertaker backdropping and slamming Shawn Michaels onto the chain link ceiling of the cage. Foley and Funk were brainstorming (laughs) ideas about how to top that match. When Funk said, laughing, maybe you should let him throw you off the top of the cage. To which Foley replied, yeah, I shot back. Then I could climb back up and he could throw me off again. Man, <laughs> that was a good one. And we were having a good time thinking completely <laughs> ludicrous things to do inside, outside, and on top of the cage. After a while, I got serious and said quietly to Terry, I think I can do it. That was my best
1: Mick Foley impression. <laughs> Mick Foley that was good, impression, yeah. yeah. Mick Foley is mankind, just for anyone that didn't pick that up.
0: Okay. The match itself. Oh, oh, oh the main event. <laughs> The first bump that Foley would take came as both wrestlers were brawling on top of the cell, which they're not allowed out of, and they're supposed yeah. to be locked into. Rubbish.
1: Bump is just a bump. I, yeah, oh, I was okay.
2: like, uh, we were all familiar with the Mister Men. No, Chris, I didn't know. I, <laughs> thought, I thought that was some like secret thing. Well, not secret. One of their like special moves. First bump. No, it's just
1: taking a fall. Basically. Basically,
0: yeah. I, I was just thinking Mister Bump. I did actually have a visual representation of a big round blue man with white bandages on. It wouldn't surprise me. Mm. <laughs> the Undertaker threw Mankind from the top of the cage from a height of sixteen feet—that's five meters—and <laughs> sent him crashing through the Spanish whoa, 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 announcer's whoa, whoa. table. Well. Twenty-two foot, if including the angle of the fall. Which
1: you would have to, really, because that is how far he fell. Yeah, I suppose it is incredible. That's a long way. They're wrestling to... for two minutes. They get straight out onto the top of the cell, and he throws them the twenty-two him feet and it's not pretty <laughs>
0: sent him crashing through the Spanish announcer's table which triggered announcer Jim Ross to famously shout good God almighty good God almighty that killed him as God is my witness he is broken in half
2: that is a mm-hmm. puts goosebumps on my back there it makes the hair on my neck stand up I like it they're fighting on a on a steel roof of this cell they use a that's a steel chair that mankind is using look at this it broke through Broke through! That's a lot of weight. There's over, there's two, three hundred pounders up there. They're they're destroying the the hell in the cell. And my God, don't get them over here where we are. What's going to happen here? Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. They're right above us, folks. And I don't like it a damn bit. Oh my God! Look out! Oh!
1: I'm pretty sure, if, if you watched it and I hadn't told you, or Chris hadn't researched this, if I'd shown you that clip, you would think he must be dead. Or, at the very least, seriously injured. Serious brain damage.
0: Foley remained motionless underneath the debris, while The Undertaker remained on top of the cell, staring down. Just thinking about his life choices. Yeah. Just contemplating. <laughs> I could have been a gardener. <laughs> Terry Funk was the first person on the scene, followed by WWE's resident doctor, Dr. Petit. Nice. Hmm. And various others, including a concerned looking Vince McMahon. Foley was placed on a stretcher and began to be wheeled out to the arena. Yeah. Moments later, there was a commotion on the entrance ramp as Foley got up from the stretcher and proceeded to make his way back to the cage, climbing to the top of the cell with the undertaker doing likewise.
2: This,
1: this, this, this doesn't do it justice. Just how brutal this fall is. It like the article doesn't convey that enough. What would you use? Happy. What word would you yeah, use? Yeah, step um, in. I've not
2: seen this. I, I don't. I wouldn't to use me, words. this is all
1: pretend. So he he grabs Mick Foley by like, as if he was given a wedgie, the top of his trousers or pants, mm-hmm. and grabs his hair. And he just flings him from the top of the cell, 22 feet. He flips upside down as he's going. And he lands on this table, which is not a flimsy wrestling table like then. Well, I mean, it is, but it's not as flimsy as the ones you would normally see. Um, he, f- he just crashes down on this table. It collapses under him. There's monitors on the table. It's like, it's all set up. You can tell he would be absolutely fucked by it. But would they um, not have practiced this beforehand? No. But, Oh no, I wouldn't say he'd have been because it is—it's a risk, and I, it's so much of a risk that I wouldn't—I'd say he wouldn't have done it as a as a practice run. Too much risk involved. To do it once was a bit idiotic. <laughs> a bit idiotic.
2: But Mick we only we didn't are talking care. about mankind. Was, yes. He, yeah. That, that was, I'm sure he's like. He's mental. insane. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of his thing. Okay. Yeah,
1: but in real life, he's yeah. He, he, he was always. Be. I mean, he did matches with. Barbed wire instead of ring rope, um, loads of fire, some crazy shit, and he didn't—he didn't care. Okay, it's kind of like the me of the wrestling world.
0: Yeah, uh, mm. that's what I'm getting from this more than anything yeah. else—is how much this has influenced
2: you mm. in your life. It there was really has. when you had to remember that you could see in your eyes that you were like remembering that feeling you had when you first watched this how, you know, exciting that was. Yeah,
1: because it's awesome.
2: And then did you do it to, like, your sister or something? Because that's what Oh, do. yeah, I used to injure my sister a lot. <laughs> that's what I can <laughs> I used see, to make yeah. a lie on the living
1: room floor while I did elbow drops off the sofa all onto her neck. <laughs> 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 and that was a big kid. <sighs> okay. It was funny, though. I
0: bet. For me. So we've had this massive fall, which alone seems to have been enough to have impressed you. I'm guessing there's more to this story because we're not halfway through yet. So we've got The Undertaker and um, Mick Foley going back up on top of the cage. Um, They climbed the cage surprisingly quickly despite Foley having suffered a dislocated shoulder due to the fall and The Undertaker was wrestling with a broken foot that night. These are tough men. These are tough men. When both men were back on top of the cell, the match resumed. Earlier, as both were walking on the chain link mesh which comprised the cell's ceiling, the metal fasteners were popping off, causing the roof to sag and partially gave way under their combined weight. According to Terry Funk, the prop guy had purposefully designed it that way, except it was never meant to give way completely. In the second huge bump of the night, the Undertaker choke-slammed Mankind atop the chain-link mesh cage, causing a panel to give way completely, resulting in Foley falling through and hitting the ring canvas hard below. In response, announcer Jim Ross shouted, good God, good God, will somebody stop
1: the damn match? Enough's enough. And that's what makes the match, Jim Ross's commentary. The fact that he is, he sounds desperate. He knows it's all fake, obviously. Mm -hmm. He knows that Mick Foley's probably okay, but, but the tank. fact he's got such concern in his voice and he's actually angry that the match isn't being stopped, it, yeah. it gives it such a legitimacy that you don't really get these days. I fucking love wrestling. <laughs> The cage giving way completely was a surprise to both
0: Foley and The Undertaker. The Undertaker later said that he thought Foley was dead following the second fall. Foley was genuinely knocked unconscious for a few moments from the impact, but was able to come around. Terry Funk wrote in his autobiography, Watching it from the back, I thought he was dead. I ran out here and looked down at him, still lying in the ring where he'd landed. His eyes were rolled back in his head. Sorry, his eyes weren't rolled back in his head, but they looked totally glazed over, like a dead fish's eyes. (laughs) Ah, sports. (laughs) Sometime after getting up and being attended to again by the aforementioned personnel, TV cameras showed a lingering shot of Foley smiling through his profusely bleeding mouth and lips with a loose tooth hanging beneath his nose, the tooth having been knocked out (laughs) due to being struck by the chair which had fallen through the
1: cage and landed on his face, dislocating (laughs) his jaw. And these are... Obviously, a lot of wrestling is fake, and a lot of the weapons they use are just mm. bullshit. Like, they have dust, dust bins that are just like tin aluminium. Foil. Foil, pretty yeah. much, yeah. The steel chairs are steel chairs. As thin as they may be, they're still steel. Yeah, and they're and falling they're from height. Because people are getting concussed too often. There were yeah. so many um, head injuries. So, yeah, one falling 15 feet onto your face is not going to be pleasant. And I don't think I'd like that.
2: Mm. I wouldn't get into this
1: profession. No, you probably shouldn't. Mm. No. I'm not a pro like you. No, that's very... Very true. The
0: match continued for a while longer, ending with Foley being choke slammed by the Undertaker onto thousands of thumbtacks, unnecessary, which Foley himself had strewn onto the ring canvas. So there's some karma going on there. Yeah. The Undertaker then hit his signature tombstone pile driver and pinned Foley to the end to end the match as planned. Could he just done that? at The beginning got it all out of yeah. the way
2: instead of all this tax business. <laughs>
1: That sounds like a fairly crazy five minutes. It's um, it's a good watch. It'll be on <laughs> YouTube. I, th- I think you should check it out. Okay, um, maybe you'll understand why. Maybe why it's fun to see people getting hurt. No, you say no. Everyone
2: loves it. No, they don't. Do you not watch You've Been Framed? No, that's probably did when I was a kid. That's not the same as this. Someone, someone's grand falling over it isn't the same as getting. No, it should be worse. Tombstone pile drived into. Some fun tax. If that <laughs> happened on you being they can have the 50 quid.
0: <laughs> Aftermath and Legacy. Both wrestlers received a standing ovation for the match and the event is often said to have jump-started Foley's main event career. Foley has said that although this match grew in legend, the reality was that his career remained somewhat sluggish for some time afterwards until Foley further developed the Mankind character and fans began to catch on. Foley would go on to become a three-time WWF champion after the match and would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame on the, April 6, the 2013. Many future matches attempted to replicate some of the spots from this match. In his autobiography, Have a Nice Day, A Tale of Blood and Sweat Socks, Foley wrote that he could not remember much of what happened and he had to watch a tape of the match to write about it. Oh, yeah. well, I'm not surprised Concussion does that to a mm. person. The match was voted Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Match of the Year 1998. Although many fans regard the match as a classic, it has generated controversy as well. Critics charged that the falls in the match were so extreme and they set the bar for further bumps so high that the inevitable attempts to equal or surpass them would be very dangerous for any wrestlers involved. While WWE continues to have Hell in a Cell matches and even now has an annual pay-per-view featuring the match, the match itself has been toned down somewhat in wake of WWE moving towards more family-friendly programming since 2008
1: yeah uh they they're the masters of their own downfall wwe because they have you know that that period 98 2001 just so extreme so many people flying off of ladders and cages and hurting themselves in ridiculous ways that you really couldn't top it like when a, a band releases an amazing album and no matter how good they'd go after that you write the artistry Mm-hmm. Exactly, the the, the
0: the pinnacle of human achievement. I would say that. Yep. Yeah. The, pinnacle Two, of mankind. the
2: 2008 Hell in the Cell is the pinnacle of artistic achievement. Is that what? The 1998. 1990
0: years.
1: Years. Yeah, it was
2: just a distant memory by 2008. Whereas now,
1: yeah, they have Hell in the Cell each year, and they just scrape each other's faces onto the walls, and that oh, seems to be enough. It's boring what is well, it is it really is that's, oh. that's the stuff you do at the beginning of the match oh you are not even taking
0: out. steroids some of those mm-hmm. men are likely to live beyond the age of 50 I want the where's <laughs> the fun in any of that
1: mm-hmm. well there isn't any honestly <laughs> I know that does sound silly but it is just more fun when people are risking their lives for your entertainment yeah, yeah. Foley said in his first book
0: that his wife cried during a post-match phone conversation between the two and this made Foley strongly consider retiring from wrestling. Not the bits of him that were falling <laughs> out of his face. That didn't make him consider it, no.
2: My wife would be upset if that was my job, I would think. i hope.
0: And he did eventually retire on a full-time basis in 2000. So this is kind of towards the end of his career, really. This is not a young man we're talking no, about. No, he
1: only had maybe three, three years in WWF. And he, that, he retired, and then he came back, and he, he continued wrestling till about mid to late two thousands, really, but in patches, um, because no, no retirement stays a retirement in wrestling. They always end of up coming back not. for another payday.
0: Yeah. Um, do you think Hulk Hogan's ever going to reappear? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, he'll be back in the WWE. I'd guarantee it. Do we want? It'll his, all be swept his, under the rug eventually. He's too big of a name.
2: I can't remember what happened to Hulk Hogan. He did some racism, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: I mean, he is, but the the man has always been an arsehole. Everyone's always known he's an arsehole, and they've still continued to give him money, so I, f- I think they were just trying to deal with the PR by banning him, but I think he'll be back.
2: Something to look forward to.
1: Wish he wasn't. I hate oh, okay. Foley said
0: that after the match, Vince McMahon thanked him for all he had done for the company, but made Foley promise to never do anything like that again. He also made mention in the book of a rather humorous exchange he and Undertaker had while being checked out more thoroughly by Dr. Petit in the backstage area. Foley, still somewhat dazed from the concussion he sustained, turns to The Undertaker and asks, did I use the thumbtacks? Which was a staple of a number of Foley's early matches. The Undertaker looked at him and rather sternly replied, look at your arm, Mick. Oh, at which point Foley <laughs> discovered a significant number of thumbtacks still lodged in his arm. In 2011, this incident was named the number one OMG incident in WWE history.
1: That's the big one. That's the one everybody, everybody wants. The number one OMG, OMG, O-M-G incident. Award. Oh, that's a little trip down memory lane. Hmm. I wish I got you a nice article now, Chris. <laughs>
0: that's
2: so a shame. That's, I'm worried about it. Sorry, mate.
0: Well, that's a little treat. Happy Christmas, Jack. Yes. Okay, so, happy Christmas, Jack. Thanks, Bill. You dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I've bought you a present. That's Would great. You you like know, you it? It, Would you like to open have bought it, have you? Uh, well... I've invested my time in a present, which is in some ways worth more. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, mean, not monetary ways. In monetary ways, it's worth less. Go on, then. There's no resale value here whatsoever. However, I'm hoping that you'll be cherishing it so close to your heart that you won't want to sell it on. So, fairly topical choice, Um, and I'll dive straight in. I've bought you a human being for Christmas. Not um, Jihadi John, is it? It's not Jihadi John, (laughs) but... (laughs) get ready we're having a party it's jamie vardy
1: yay i love jamie vardy football man this is good let's just talk about football and wrestling every episode
0: no no once
1: a year you get this once a year i'm already annoyed
0: that both of yours got pulled out at once we've got to do this twice
1: (laughs) (laughs) so neither of you are football fans how has jamie vardy come to your attention Because of you. No, not just because of you, it's because of every bugger. Because of mainstream media attention, because because he's so fucking good. Because of mainstream
0: media attention, that's exactly what's happened. Jamie Vardy um, has been in the news a lot. Part of me thinks, maybe I should have held on till next year for this gift, because this story's got some playing out to do yet. Mm, It does. It's going to go one of two ways. He's going to explode in a fireball of death and destruction, and be in prison this time next year. <laughs> That's quite possibly. possible. Or he'll be—he'll just fizzle out to nothing, and he'll be back in the minor leagues again, and we'll never hear Wait, from what, him again.
1: So he's and, not going to maintain.
0: No, his... th- that option doesn't even occur to me as a possibility. <laughs> this is this is a this is a feel good. Oh, you remember that season with Jeremy Vardy story? There's nothing more to it than that. <laughs> okay, if we'll you come
1: back next year and have a look, then for for regular
0: listeners of the show, you'll be more familiar with Jeremy Vardy than you realise because Jeremy. of a little e- oh. Yeah, who's Jeremy Vardy? That's not <laughs> a first <person. Which> <laughs> dad of Jamie Vardy. Because the there was a little Easter egg at the end of one of our episodes, two or three episodes mm. ago. Um, two, I think, yeah. Two episodes ago, where, where, where Jack smuggled in a little clip of... Some Jamie football Vardy. hooligans <laughs> chanting. Some football hooligans chanting, which is one of the things he loves. Mm-hmm. So Jamie Vardy. If you
2: don't know who he is, because... I You're don't know. Not from the UK. I've no, heard of Jamie Vardy. I've heard the name. I don't know what he did. I'm sure he's done something bad.
1: No, he's done something. Well, yeah, he has. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and other good things.
1: Okay.
0: Jamie Vardy, born on the 11th of January 1987, is an English professional footballer who plays for Leicester City and England. He plays as a striker, but can also play as a winger. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Multifaceted. Good for him. After being released by Sheffield Wednesday at the age of 16, Vardy began his senior career with Stocksbridge Park Steels. Who are not a big football team.
1: Well then, uh, Stocksbridge, it's not even a place I've ever heard of. No, I wouldn't be able to tell you where it is to be honest. It's in South Yorkshire.
0: It's in South Yorkshire.
1: sounds like it's in South South Yorkshire.
0: Stocksbridge Park Steels, Breaking into the first team in 2007 and spending three seasons there before joining Northern Premier League side Halifax Town in 2010. Scoring 26 goals in his debut season, he won the club's Players Player of the Year award and then moved to the conference Premier side Fleetwood Town in August 2011 for an undisclosed fee. So this is four years ago.
1: This is four years ago. Playing for Fleetwood Town up in Lancashire. Yeah. Um, And they are also not a good team. It's difficult for people to get... Because I'm not a big football
0: fan, but I understand how football works. Mm. Um, And it's difficult to convey, particularly to any American listeners that might be on it right now, the gulf that exists within football between the teams we're talking about here that are basically barely professional might be you sort know, of semi-professional at this level this so perhaps earning 60 quid a week for playing football that's yeah, a, maybe well, a, a a more, bit more more at that, this yeah
1: more at this point of his career at fleetwood but yeah i but mean he's 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 still this, really, this type this type of league structure doesn't only not exist in america but it doesn't exist in rugby or cricket or anything like that um and even in spain and italy their leagues don't really go this deep yeah um or they do but there's not enough opportunity to move up within the, the pyramid structure so it's he's a long way down he is yeah it's, it's just above part time like at this yeah. point four years ago he would have been playing professionally but wouldn't have been making a, hu- a whole lot of money
0: yeah and once you're and he's not so 2011 he'd have been 24 at this point so it's not like he's a young man this is his career it should be that's Generally, by that age, Mm. your career's at the level it's getting to. Yeah, if you were going to get
1: picked up by a top league club or one of the best teams in the country, like, spoiler, he has, um, (laughs) you would expect that to happen at a very early age. There's been probably only four or five in the last few years that have come up through from non-division or non-league football up to the Premier League, um, especially at his age. You know, you'd normally be signed when you're... A young boy,
2: really, or a teenager to yeah. a major club or a. So you're saying there's no hope of me taking up professional, professional football? football. Um, and, well, if, no, no matter how hard I tried.
1: You wouldn't try.
2: You are not good at
1: football. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I've know. got
0: a better chance than you, and I'm not. How good do at you know I'm not? good Even at if you were well. to, I know how likely you are to try at something, and <laughs> <laughs> so irrespective of any right. natural skill that you may have been, um, I might be the best. bestowed upon. You might have been the best if you'd have. No, I might be the best. You might still be the best.
2: Yeah, it's just not been tested. Your
0: genetic makeup might be more capable of footballer than anything else. Who knows? Ah. Uh, I don't know, but I can
2: speculate. And right, I can call certainly me, like the call the statistics. Balls, I, don't, I don't know yet.
1: No. Mm.
2: It's Christmas.
1: To, to help out our American listeners, um, this is kind of like going from sitting on the bench of a college football team to starring for who are the best NFL team.
0: You're asking me? The
1: Denver Broncos. It's like going is that one real? Harlem yeah. Globetrotters <laughs> <laughs> Wrong sport oh. um, Not entirely real team either So you know A little bit off But yeah around Okay yeah Basically Leicester City are At the minute The Harlem Globetrotters Of English football <laughs> So I'll give you it so, so yeah, in so
0: 2011, he's, he's playing league. in the Conference League, which is familiar to me. So this is, I understand this, because this is where Kettering have always played. So have you, you Until think recently, yeah. about, have you have heard us talk about what Kettering is and f- wondered how insignificant a place it is? Yeah, that that's where Kettering always used to play within the Conference. A no-mark place.
1: Yeah, small towns. Um, generally, uh, maybe if you're lucky, five to 10,000 seats in a stadium, which might actually sound like a lot for... Non-football fans, but it's it's, it's not. It's not. Um, but that would be quite large for for this sort of level. Corby Town, who is my hometown team, they're in the division below the conference now, and they regularly get attendances of between two and six hundred. So it's minor, minor stuff. <laughs>
0: So, Jamie Vardy, before he was having his party, or he might have had quite a party because he scored 26 goals in a season, which is still a lot, no matter where you are, Mm -hmm. and he won the club's Players' Player of the Year award at Halifax, then moved to Fleetwood Town in 2011 and scored 31 league goals, winning the team's Player of the Year award, and they won the division. And then in May 2012... Vardy signed for Leicester City in the Football League Championship for a non-league record transfer fee of £1 million. He scored in a record... And this is the big news. This is why we got the celebratory snippet on WikiShuffle the other week. He scored in a record 11 consecutive Premier League matches in 2015, breaking Ruud van Nistelrooy's record and made his debut international appearance in the same year.
1: And that is the most goals... Caught, scored in consecutive matches since the second world war in the top division so it's a, big it's a big deal yeah it's a big deal especially for someone with such a rags to riches story that just doesn't happen now you, you just don't get players especially at his age you don't get players jumping up from such a low division to scoring and breaking records in the premier league it's un, it's unheard of
0: 11 which is why it's been so exciting 11 matches or was it more than that did he get more more than, than one, i think yeah, he got... yeah
1: i think he maybe got 13 and 11 possibly
2: Wow, all right. which isn't
1: you know, Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo would get that for breakfast, but it's it's the fact that he's done it in, in the Premier League, which is a notoriously difficult league, and the fact that he's 28 and has only just joined Leicester a few years ago. It's, um, you know to to remain cool under that sort of pressure when he's used to playing in front of a few thousand people at mm. most is um, it's, yeah, it's quite quite something. What a man when he was playing
0: for Stocksbridge Park Steels he was earning £30 a week Um, he went on trial with Crew Alexandra but a move did not materialise and he turned down a short term contract with Rotherham United Um, so we've talked about it goes into his scoring record in more detail with um, the other
2: small clubs he was in but nobody cares about that one thing I will say about him and I don't know anything about this man he's got a grumpy face well, I think we'll come on to talk about
1: mm.
0: Jamie Vardy, the human being. Yes. <laughs> we're, so we're talking about Jamie Vardy, the, the footballing achievements okay. now. Jamie Vardy, the human being, will come next. Okay, so we the looking forward to. Or not. Okay. <laughs> On the 17th of May 2012, it was announced that Vardy would be signing for Leicester City ahead of the 2012-13 season for a reported fee of £1 million, a non-league record which could potentially be worth up to £1.7 million with add-ons. This escalation is just silly. I do kind of a happy middle ground. It's not enough to be paying footballers £30 a week, that I'll, I'll grant, but then to be suddenly paying them £1.7 million, well, that's just
1: silly. It's a lot. Well, no, they're paying the club.
2: Well,
1: that's still silly. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And there was a lot of scepticism when he was signed by Leicester because a non-league club, I mean, obviously it's a a record, so nobody had went for that much. Um, And a lot of people did think that's just a huge waste of money. How good can this kid be? And in fact, the first season he wasn't particularly great. Uh, He took a while to settle in. Um
0: Vardy's first season at the club was marred by his loss of form, prompting criticism from some City supporters on social media and he even considered leaving football until manager Nigel Pearson and assistant manager Craig Shakespeare convinced him to continue with the club.
1: Um, I've just did a Google and I don't think any of these are, have any basis behind them but there's estimates that he earns £10,000 a week now. Whoa! Which is, you know, as much as... Us three probably earn in months. Yeah. So he's he's doing all right. Just a shame that he's he's got to this level so late in his career, and he won't be able to. Oh well, I was gonna say he won't be able to save that much, but I think he'll be all right. I think
0: he'll be all right. I'm not gonna yeah. feel that sorry for him. Only no, yeah. ten thousand pounds a week. On 19th of August 2014 Vardy extended his contract through until the summer of 2018 after missing the first two games of the season through injury he made his Premier League debut on the 31st of August 2014 as a second half substitute in a 1-1 draw at home to Arsenal on 21st of September, Vardy delivered a man-of-the-match performance by scoring his first Premier League goal and setting up the other four as Leicester made a surprise comeback from 3-1 down to a 5-3 victory against Manchester United. Now, I was considering, as a Christmas present, just reading
1: that sentence for you. I thought... <laughs> that would be good enough. It was, um, it was <laughs> quite, a, a, quite a day. Yeah, I mean, even our non-football fan listeners, I'm sure, will have heard of Manchester United. So I would imagine so. You can gather how much of a big deal that was. Yeah. be coming back from... From three one down with forty five minutes to go. Yeah,
0: we, 5-3. we we don't let Jack talk about football too much on the podcast because it's dull. Mm. But it's a Christmas special, and this <laughs> Christmas is a special to he's to the world to live.
2: <laughs> I so, just want to find out about some scandal. Mm, I'm sure we'll there is scandal. Well, we'll get
0: to the scandal, of course. There I like will be scandals. Um, so five three victory from three one down against Manchester United, which is quite a thing, and uh, shocked the world. Um. But then we come on to the current season, which is what all the Ferrari's about. Mm-hmm. Vardy started the 2015-16 season by scoring the opening goal as Leicester picked up a 4-2 victory at home against Sunderland in August. He scored the equaliser in Leicester's 3-2 comeback victory against Aston Villa in September and with a brace in Leicester's 2-5 defeat to Arsenal. Vardy reached seven league goals for the season, eclipsing his goal tally of the previous year. On 24th of October, so we're in. So we what? A month into the season, and mm-hmm. he's already scored more than he had in the whole previous yeah. season. Yeah. On 24th of October, he scored the only goal of a home win over Crystal Palace, the seventh consecutive Premier League match in which he scored, and his tenth goal of the league season. Vardy scored in his eighth league game in a row on the 31st of October, and became only the third player ever to do so in the Premier League, after Ruud van Nistelrooy, who did it twice. Daniel Sturridge in a th- and um oh yeah so there's only two people but Nude van, Rude, Nude van mm-hmm. <laughs> Rude. Rude van Rithdol noise Rude Van Nistelrooy did it twice and Daniel Sturridge did it once uh, a week later he won and scored a penalty to secure a 2-1 win over Watford putting him on nine consecutive games with a goal behind Van Nistelrooy's Premier League record of 10 Vardy also became the first player in the Premiership to score in nine consecutive games in a single season as Van Nisselrooy's 10 games were at the end of the 2002-3 season and the beginning of the 2003-2004 season. For his run of good form, Vardy was the Premier League Player of the Month for October and the first Leicester player to be given the accolade since goalkeeper Tim Flowers in September 2000. Hmm. Oh, he's a bit of a hero, isn't he? To you foxes. Yes, Leicester City are called the Foxes. That's mm. that's why I said that. <laughs> I don't just think the people who support Leicester are really sexy. Although you'd
2: think that's where you were going.
1: <laughs> Roy from Coronation Street is a fox. So uh, uh, Roy from mm. Coronation Street. All oh, right. Um, any other famous foxes that you'd like? Savion. Oh, Gary Kasabian. Lineker. Gary Lineker. Sam Bailey from the X Factor. Um, Keep going. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh. Um, I don't know if David Attenborough likes football or not, but he's from Leicester, so probably him as well. <laughs> On some sort of level, he'll be happy about it. Richard the Third, fucking loves Richard the Third, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, he loved them so much. He um, he died in Leicester. Yes. On the 21st of November,
0: Vardy matched Van Nistelrooy's record of consecutive Premier League games with a goal, opening a 3-0 win over Newcastle United. What? A week later, against Manchester United, he scored again to claim the record for himself.
1: I've got a hole in my sock. What, what are, are you, you doing? doing? Well, I've got a hole in my sock. So? So I've, so I've pulled it off. But that's not just what's going on I've ripped it so there's a big hole and my foot that was, was just, getting cold so why is this It's
0: going to get even colder and there's bits of sock just entering the
1: atmosphere <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now you got you just can use that bit does, as a wristband I will fucking not ain't <laughs> hey, Christmas okay, what are you Christmas doing? no <laughs> Christmas. that's not festive it smells fine I've only had them on for an hour unbelievable
2: why did you put them on with a massive hole in them I didn't notice there was a hole you, why have you adorned yourself with them like a homeless person? <laughs> like
1: you're about to. Do you want this as a wristband? No,
2: I've already said I don't. For Christmas, though. No, but it's, it's not the but it's that it's counts.
1: black. It's the thought that it counts. It's black. I'm not, no, am a no. Just wait, leave wait it on again. your laptop <laughs> there.
0: want <My> it. <laughs>
1: Good God. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, Jamie Vardy.
0: Jamie Vardy. I'm wrapping take a part party, now you're now getting carried feels away. A bit, feels a bit. With amazing. our Jamie Vardy party.
2: This isn't Christmas.
1: Do you want a wristband, Chris? No, I
2: don't. I feel really bad for not getting any Christmassy food now. I don't know if I could eat it in the Room of the Sox.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) The
1: Room of the Sox.
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) A week later, against Manchester United, he scored again to claim the record for himself. His run ended on the 5th of December when he did not score in a 3-0 win at Swansea City. Couldn't even score against Swansea. I know, and he he had
1: quite a few opportunities. And for their third goal, he he could well have taken it on himself, but he passed because his teammate was in a better position. Which is oh, noble. pretty noble of pretty him. Pretty noble. To say. He's a noble guy.
0: If he, but they were two nil up at the time. This that's not the time for nobility, is exactly. it? Exactly. But he that's just oh, the kind he's of player so he is. Noble. <laughs> uh, that's not the impression I get about him. <laughs> Having done so, he would have equalised the English top flight record of twelve consecutive scoring games, which was set by. Did, did you know this fact without? Yes. Looking up?
1: Well, I didn't know it before Jamie Vardy was on on course to break the record
0: Jimmy Dunn for Sheffield United in 1931 to 1932 the result nonetheless put Leicester on top of the table which is a preposterous thing it's ridiculous you don't have to know much
1: about football and I don't to know that Leicester City being at the top of the premiership is a ridiculous state of affairs it's insane it's not it's happened during my lifetime but in you know September early on in the football season we're now in December and they're two points clear. And oh, it's, it may never happen in my lifetime again. So oh, is that why it.
2: you took your socks off?
1: That's why I took my socks off. <laughs> oh. I had a hole. Do you want... Right, no, I am going to give you
2: it. Please don't. I'll just just, just <laughs> a little bit. There you go. Why does this happen? I don't know. It's
0: just a sock. See, This is what happens at birthday parties when they get overexcited, get all yeah. the presents coming to them. They think <laughs> the whole world revolves around them. Yep. Uh, it's going to be tantrums and tears next. That's the only way we can go from here. Yeah. International career on 21st of May 2015 Vardy was called up to the England national football team for the first time ahead of a friendly against the Republic of Ireland and a UEFA Euro 2016 qualifying match against Slovenia big games yeah mm-hmm. he made his debut on the 7th of June in a goalless draw against Republic of um, against the Republic at the Aviva Stadium in Dublin replacing captain Wayne Rooney for the final 15 minutes he was again called up for England against San Marino, big game, and Switzerland. Although you're no, 2006 Euro qualifiers, so yeah, I suppose they're they are. They're all big games. They're important. Yeah, um,
1: sarcasm, Phil. Get behind Vardy, okay? All right, I'm getting behind him. Back,
2: The ball in behind Damian.
0: In addition to his goal-scoring, Vardy is known for his high work rate, relentless running, and direct approach. He is also an extremely fast and dynamic striker who is good in the air and capable of striking the ball with both feet. I think that should be either foot. Hmm. You don't want to strike the ball with both feet. That's not That's going to be an effective playing style. Yeah, in table football they do that, but not on it's the good pitch. Tactic. I think either foot would be a better way of phrasing that. Mm. Um, but it, maybe I've not seen. I've never seen him play. I've never seen. Maybe that is his
2: secret. <laughs> He's good, he gets extra good. power behind it by always kicking the ball with both feet. I would take a lot of force. You have to do his full flip.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm. I'd be impressed by I'd that. I'd like to see it. Good work. Mm. <laughs> England coach and Sky Sports pundit Gary Neville. Oh, what do you feel about Gary Neville?
1: I love Gary Neville. He's a great man. Okay
0: commented on how Vardy's approach influences teammates. He sets the tempo and the tone for the rest of the team and gives no other player behind him any excuse for not working hard. Well, surely if you're scoring all the goals, that gives you the perfect excuse for not working hard. I don't really need to do anything. Vardy will just score again. Mm. That's the ideal excuse. Personal life, though. Chris, let's Let's get get on on to to personal
1: life. Yeah. Who's he seeing? (laughs) Oh, I'm not looking forward to this one.
0: <laughs> Vardy was born to upholsterer Richard Gill and schoolgirl Lisa Lewis.
1: <laughs> Doesn't that's not funny? How much teenage pregnancy can... is a sad thing that can happen, and six. it can affect people badly. Yeah, especially the, the girls that are pregnant, because then they have to give birth, and no one wants that wise words I mean weird words but wise you you
0: tried to give an inflection of wisdom with them which was well done you Um, (laughs) his father left the household after impregnating another woman while his mother remarried to Philip Vardy Gil was tracked down by the Mail on Sunday in November 2015 and confessed that he was unaware that his son had become a professional footballer.
1: Oh! Yeah. Wow. That's Ooh. why he's got a grumpy
0: face. Dickhead dads. Dickhead dad alert. <laughs> can't say that. <laughs> what? No, it's not. You don't Dickhead know what you... dad alert. You've got your own son. You don't even know that he likes football. <clears throat> yeah. He's been a professional footballer for like 12 years at this point. He's quite good as well. Yeah, he's a little bit famous. He might be able to recognise his face on the television, perhaps. That's not bad to say that somebody that can't recognise their son's own face is a dickhead dad. (laughs) Hmm. I agree.
1: (laughs) It's just the way he said it with such joy. (laughs) (laughs) You love the fact that he's a dickhead dad. (laughs) That's That's great. (laughs) This makes for some interesting reading. You're not considering poor young Jamie's heartbreak as dad leaving home.
0: I think he's, already, he's earning £10,000 a week. we is, he is now. He's fine. Uh,
1: is he? I wouldn't be making these comments if we were talking about somebody. Is, if he, is was... he fine? Just because he's making money. Let's read the next few lines and see if he's fine.
0: Okay. Hmm. Before turning professional, Vardy combined playing non-league football with a job as a technician making medical splints. Fine. Anybody that works in the world of medical devices is fine. Chris and I yes. know this. <laughs> yes, we are excellent people. Without exception, anybody that works in the field of medical devices is a well-adjusted we are all human fine. being.
1: Keep reading. <laughs> in
0: 2007, he received a conviction for assault following an incident outside a
2: pub. Okay, you know so that can happen, and had to play with an electronic tag fitted oh. <laughs> for six months. Huh. Okay, that might make him struggle with his both feet kicking skills. It
0: might, and away matches could be a chore.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um his curfew his curfew also limited his playing time at Stocksbridge Park Steals as well. Mm. Um it doesn't give much detail. do you know more detail about no, the assault not, incident not, not, not outside a um, pub?
1: Not his curfew, no. Um We don't know uh, what he did outside the pub. Uh he just No, not really. I don't know a lot about this incident. Um He beat I think he beat up a guy pretty bad. You'd have, to, you'd have to be pretty yeah, bad to yeah, get yourself. Yeah, I don't think it was
0: pretty, but um, I not Maybe he used really his feet. Remember. He's got strong feet. Yeah. Both of them could have used
2: either, <laughs> either foot. Or both. Yeah. <laughs> oh Wow, that would be... Dropkick. <laughs> like Zangief Street Fighter.
0: In August 2015, The Sun on Sunday published a video of Vardy at a casino the previous month, calling a man of East Asian origin a Jap.
2: Hmm. What's your... Um... I
0: don't... I'd say I, I've read this article already because I had to, to scan yeah. through it before, before I selected it. And I thought, yeah, as racist slurs go, okay. obviously it's not okay. Not okay. But... As words that you're not as keenly told you're not allowed to use. Yeah, okay. You could feign ignorance a little bit more you that could. thinking that saying the word Jap <coughs> wasn't going to you cause offence. There, there
1: has been some debate, and even The Sun called him out on saying the word Jap, yet and said it was a disgrace, yet someone dredged up a load of times. The Sun has, has used, used the same, the same terminology yeah. dozens of times in the past few years. It's widely used, but it is offensive. Whether you know that or not, fine. Yeah. But it's all about context. Yes. And the context that Jamie Vardy used it in, calling his man a Jap and telling him to move on away from their poker table. Right,
0: okay. In quite
1: an aggressive tone. Right, but that's more important. He yeah, so yeah, wasn't that slapping him on the that, back and saying, nice work, Jap. No, no, he wasn't. He, he was quite eager for him to move on away from their table. Right. Um, which is... A regrettable error of judgment, as he has described He
0: apologised for a regrettable error yes. of judgment and was fined by Lester, who put him on an educational course. Don't
1: do that, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's disappointing. <laughs> Your hero. Because Yeah, but he, I have such a hard time with this because on the football field, I love him. He's great. He scores lots of goals and they make me happy. This happens to you a lot. It does happen to me a lot. Yeah, I was going to mention Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> it's... yeah, I've kind of just had to say I'm going to... If I'm into watching Jamie Vardy play football, that's why I like him. I'm not... I don't care what he gets up to his professional... His personal life, sorry. Only as professional. Woody Allen, I'm only interested in his movie-making ability, which is top-notch. I'm not interested in the fact that he's a paedophile. I'm just ignoring it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Mm. So there you go. Yeah, John Lennon did some good songs, didn't he? Mm. Gary Glitter, likewise. <laughs> well, hey, his Christmas song is a good one, and that still gets played. So does it? Yeah, yeah, does yeah. Have you heard that? Who would put who would Rock and put roll that on? Christmas? Nobody would play that. That. You that. You have heard that. Um, yeah, but not I've since. Heard that recently. I heard not it in a shops. No, last, last
0: year they've got confused and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's not one. been sanctioned it's by. A good one. Yeah, but that says maybe. But I'm playing he can't. at the end of this episode. It's
1: tainted. <laughs> <But not.
0: laughs> as long as we don't find any way that he's earning any royalties from it, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. That would be an interesting end to the Christmas special. Yeah, ho ho ho. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to say, I was a little disappointed by this personal life section because mm. I don't think it, you quite get a flavour for his character because he's a bit of a bad and he? he's a bit of a,
1: <laughs> a, a Jack the Lad type. Yeah. You must hate that phrase. I do. Hijack, Jack and Jack the Beanstalk, Jack and the Jack and Oss, Jack and Yeah, no, that one seems. There's no need. For That's any of named it. after you, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of detail here. He has some personal issues, um, and obviously has quite a short temper, and is a bit of a racist thug, as judged by his face, which is, yeah, grumpy. Yes. He does, um, he looks like, and this is, I don't know if this is classist, it may well be, but he does look like your typical chav. He looks more like he'd be hanging around in tracksuit bottoms outside your local news agents drinking some cider out of a can yeah. than he would be a professional footballer.
0: There's a snarky aggression about his body language, certainly,
2: yeah. that yeah. you wouldn't want to yeah. have a casual chat with him. He looks like someone I would like to know in, like, the pub.
1: That you, you would want would to
2: have
0: like on to be, your side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's... And it's not mentioned in the article either, but let's just quickly touch upon the Jamie Vardy's Having a Party um, chant. Mm. What's the
1: full context of this chant? Uh, bring your vodka and your Charlie. Jamie Vardy's Having a Party. Oh. That's not a Jamie Vardy-specific song. That's been used for other footballers in yeah. the past. But, but the fact the that, fact that, that it, it's... <laughs> I've definitely
0: heard it used just as Jamie Vardy's having a party, as if in some way that rhymes. And yes. the whole thing <laughs> is so clumsy, mm. and yet done with such euphoria yeah. that it really—I find it really endearing. Mm. Yeah. Um, in that it doesn't scan well, it doesn't rhyme, <laughs> doesn't quite make sense. It's a fun one to sing, but I can—I can see um, how singing it particularly in a mob. With no women <laughs> in Don't it. Don't say a mob, a be. crowd would be fine. <laughs> no, a mob, a, a mob. womanless mob, a womanless <laughs> white
1: mob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm a... white. Why white? Definitely. Nah, a lot of Indians go to Watch Leicester. Yeah, all right. Big then. Indian population. So, a white and brown party. For Jamie Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't like that. Oh, shit. <laughs> they just want a white party. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So congratulations Jamie Vardy um, I wonder what
1: the future holds for you Thank you for listening to our first of three Christmas specials Phil, do you want to ramble dong, on about ding, something? Ding dong Ding dong oh, ding. I don't even know that's, that frightening. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's up there with children laughing and doors creaking as one of the scariest sounds I've ever heard. And that one at the end. The of laughter
0: the... of children is one of the scariest sounds. Oh my th- god, it's so scary. Yeah, it pretty if you scary
1: just telling. hear if you're alone at home and you hear children laughing, panic. Panic big time. Unless you've got kids. In which case it's probably fine. <laughs> it's when they stop laughing. That's when they have to worry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <Phil>.
0: Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Uh, thanks everybody um what were we going to talk about i was going to talk about the fact that wikipedia we are going to say a big christmas thank you to wikipedia you may have noticed if you've been on wikipedia lately they're doing their annual drive for donations uh it is a wonderful wonderful organization they do everything that we do is entirely dependent on them and that isn't even in their top 10 achievements i wouldn't say Mm. Not even top in their 20. top ten. Top twenty, obviously, but you know they do other things that are yeah. more significant. Mainly they, helping they stop. helping children yeah. write school essays. I think that's the main that's purpose. The main <sighs> oh, imagine how much easier that would be now. It's just control C, control
1: V, hand it in. Children are wise. Uh, sorry, teachers are wise to that though. To really, To teachers care? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. They don't, do they? Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: And all you're doing, you're testing someone's ability to do that in later life, which is all you need to be able to do. Mm. They're choosing appropriate bits. Don't just... Anyway, give some money to Wikipedia. No, just a little Christmas, just a couple of quid. Just give them a couple of quid, a couple of dollars if you're American. It would be a stretch to go and convert some money. Not all places, the currencies, no. Please, please try. Euros, you can give them a couple of euros. Yeah. Australian dollars, they accept those. Yeah. Canadian dollars I mean the, the people of Canada and Australia try harder with some more original names for your currencies the rupee
2: <laughs>
1: yes probably more than a couple of rupee though because yeah. i don't think that's very much right our top our top <laughs> listeners from the last 10 weeks uk pounds us dollars australia australian dollars canada
0: canadian dollars finland finnish dollars <laughs>
1: <laughs> try again
0: Drakmar. Euros. Euros. Yes. Austria. Obviously. Euros. Ireland. Euros. Belgium. Euros. Germany. Euros. Japan. Yen. More than a couple of yen. Don't just give a couple of yen. That would be... That's just insulting.
2: Um, but what about Malaysia? Oh, the Malaysian... I
1: think it is a Malaysian dollar, isn't no. it? No. I think
2: it's something beginning it? with S.
1: Mm. If I know this, this I've is not this Christmas. Up. Right, let's let's this... let's stop. This is not entertaining or Christmas themed. <laughs> give money to Wikipedia. Yeah, give me, that's all. In whatever currency and we'll you stop. see fit. Give money to Wikipedia, <laughs>
2: yeah. and we'll never talk oh, about currency the again. It's Currency: British pound. Is it the British pound? Okay. Oh no! Oh, no. One no. Malaysian ringgit. Ringgit. Ringgit is zero point one five British pounds. Ah, oh, I just read it wrong. Mm. The ringgit. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week.
1: Bye. And here to close the show is Gary Glitter.